launch in three, two, one. Go. This is a dangerous beat that we're dealing with now. Introducing the Dog Pound Daily Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Sight. I must be louder. And site expert Stephen Kabitza. If it's a blowout, Monday's podcast is going to be a bummer. But if they win, it's going to be a party. This DJ is so funky, man. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the final episode of the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. I'm Stephen Kabitza, joined by Andrew Seipt for our last show, not only in 2017, but forever. Andrew, any emotions? It's a little sad, a little bit. Uh, I, I'm unfor- it's unfortunate that we didn't get a chance to have a reaction podcast to a victory, but I guess we all can't get what we want now in life. Yeah, I guess our intro never came true. It might have been a jinx, even though they were the preseason champs. Always a bummer. Always a bummer. Never a party. Sad. It is. It is sad, but, you know, it's crazy. You know, life, sometimes you actually have to, you know, do some other stuff and focus on stuff. You can't just sit and talk about Hugh Jackson for hours. Yeah, I think that's part of it. The other part of it is just like they did nothing Apathy. to frustrate me. Yeah, you know, it's it's. I look back on most all of my Sundays this year, and I'm like, what? I, I could have spent my time doing countless other things, you know, and, and still been able to follow the Browns, but not been as you know, glued to it as I as I would have needed to be for an 0 and 16 team. Well, 0-15 so far, and kind of brings us to our final topic. So we started this show, I believe, talking about how we want Kirk Cousins to be in Cleveland. We will end it talking about the Browns likely going 0-16. We covered the parade in last week's show. Do you think there's any chance, even if the Steelers rest all their starters, that the Browns pick up a win? So before I answer, do we know... What starters are? I mean, obviously Antonio Brown's not playing. Le'Veon. Mike Bell, Tomlin said it could be a game time decision. I'm gonna go ahead and guess Le'Veon's up for a rushing title. Like he could possibly get it this week, but I don't think that it's going to happen. I, I if I'm them, I don't play because there's I, there's a very slim chance that the Jets and Bryce Petty are gonna beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. So if I'm looking at that matchup, if I'm Pittsburgh, I, I think there's a fat chance that I'm playing him the whole game. I would say maybe there's a 50-50 chance they play him for the first half, but uh, with their with both of their injury histories, I would just I would sit him. Yeah, I would what I would do, I was telling my dad yesterday in a sad chat about 0-16, was that they should just have Roethlisberger play and the starting receivers play one drive, likely score a touchdown, go up yeah. seven nothing on the Browns, and at that point the Browns have shown that when they are trailing in games, they are doomed. That's all you need. Maybe Joe Hayden will like let Josh Gordon burn him for a touchdown. I would yeah. love Hayden on Gordon and Kaiser just sailing passes. Yeah. But maybe he'll connect this week once in the cold Pittsburgh air. We've been saying that, and that's my biggest problem. <laughs> maybe it'll happen. Maybe he'll complete over 50% of his passes for once. Who knows? Like, That's my biggest problem with Kaiser, and it's going to change as soon as they get a quarterback in here whether it's some sort of veteran, like they're going to complete passes. They are. It cannot be worse from a completion standpoint than what we're getting out of Kaiser. So I don't know. It's it's just something's got to change for people to tune back in, especially coming from the quarterback position. It might be a good thing that this is our last episode because imagine if this offseason they just don't get anyone and they say, you know what, we're, we're sticking with the show and Kaiser. I don't uh, think we'd be able to even write. I wouldn't even be able to write about it. But then like what if they get – 
Kirk Cousins. Like, are we gonna? I'm saying no veteran. Are we gonna convince ourselves by the end of the podcast that we should come back for a second? That we should renew ourselves for a second season? Like, we we could talk ourselves into it, right? Like, well, they could get Kirk Cousins and then draft Sam Darnold or Saquon Barkley and Minka Fitzpatrick, and it's like, wow, this team's totally different. But we said that last year, and look where we (laughs) look what happened this year. The problem is, as much as it's not just us either. It's, oh, man, if the Browns could get, you know, somehow con Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins to come in here, they, the Browns could give them the biggest deal in NFL history. But if you're Kirk Cousins, you say, I could take a little bit less and I could go play for a team like the Broncos or the Texans or a realist, not the Texans anymore with Watson, but I guess a year ago. Or I could go to Cleveland yeah. and have one bad game, get chased out of town and have to deal with Hugh Jackson. It's like people, I think some Browns fans don't realize that right now, especially for a quarterback, this is not a place you want to come. No, and I think that's got to start with Hugh Jackson. I, I being I, canned. A lot of uh, a lot of players vouched for him this weekend, but I just don't see how free agents look at this and say, "Oh, I want to come here." You know, I, and what is really going to change is whether or not Denver, like if Denver gets Kirk Cousins or Washington keeps him, like I think then the Browns become, like, even more active. Because I would think Kirk Cousins would be their number one or a guy like Alex Smith. And so we got to pray that that Pat Mahomes plays really, really well this week because then it kind of makes Alex Smith a little bit that much more available. Well, I think for for Alex Smith to truly be on the way out, he'd have to have a bad playoff game and a loss in the first two rounds. Well, he's done it before. Do you remember that game? I I don't know. I think it was four or five years ago. Kansas City and Indianapolis – and the, the Chiefs were up by... When they collapsed. They were up by 30 It was like 35 points. to 10 or something. Yeah, and the and Andrew Luck just brought him back. It was, ended up being a mid-40s, like, crazy game. And, like, that's the kind of loss that I think needs to happen at the hands of Alex Smith that gives the Browns a chance to, to use one of those second-round picks and go after him. Who are we kidding? They're going to draft Josh Rosen, and he's going to deny coming here. Uh, he won't show up to camp. Four-year holdout. <laughs> I think if you don't report for a year, you go back in the draft. Yeah, but then why would another team take you at that point? Like, I don't know. If you're the Browns, I think you're not in a position to take players that don't want to play for you. But at the same time, if if you're the player, you don't have a choice. You know, you've already made – if you think about it now, like because you have, what, until February to declare, I think, or maybe after the first of the year. I I don't know the exact deadline, but – I mean, once you've made that decision, it's out of your hands. You have you have no choice or no bearing on where you want to go. You're you've just declared for the NFL draft. So if you're the to Browns, be fair to Rosen though, he's not the first one to do this. John Elway did it. Eli Manning did it. If any quarterback could come in and just win some games, I think the really just the conversation and not just like one. <laughs> I don't know. People hate Brian Hoyer, and he has won the most games as a Brown starting quarterback. He has a winning so. record. Yeah, only one. Deshaun Kaiser. Do you think Deshaun Kaiser will ever get back up to a winning record? Will Hugh Jackson? I don't no, think either of them no, will. No, no, he's the, he has to go eleven and five in the next four seasons. I think to get because he's to now he's seasons. nine and thirty eight, right? Yeah. No. Well, as, yeah, as a head coach for a Browns head coach, I mean, what are the odds that he gets back to five hundred for the Browns? Oh, they got to go undefeated twice. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's that's just so bad. How can you bring a coach back after not zero and sixteen? How can you do it? I saw a funny tweet. I can't remember who said it, but it was just kind of went through and said, like, 
Pat Shermer's record and then like all the excuses, Chudzinski's record, all the excuses, and it's Hugh Jackson's record, and it's like, oh yeah, this is the guy to turn things around. It's like he's had the worst record. Hell, and Mike he's just, Pettin. He, Mike Pettin would have had a better a better run, you know, if they gutted the roster like Mike that. At least kept Mike Pettin. Who knows? He could have could have ended up with something. I remember Mike Pettin was fired, like like on the bus ride back to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, because they well they heard about it. Like I think there was a rumbling that it happened before the game or it leaked before the game, and then they had to coach the game with that in their head, and then they were fired on the way home. So it's like Jimmy Haslam's obviously not very good at retaining people for that third year, whether it's warranted or not. So that's where I think with Hugh Jackson coming out and saying that he's going to jump in the lake or upholding his promise, it's almost like a maybe a, a sign that he wants Jimmy Haslam to hold up his end of the bargain as well. Can I just say – that a coach jumping in the lake is not, it's not normal. It's not okay. People are like, oh, good, he's jumping in and go, no, he should be fired while he's jumping in. Uh, it's just holding himself accountable because he, he, isn't, he hasn't hold himself or anybody accountable. I, I don't think, aside from the lip service that he gives, like, oh, that's on me. Like, oh, that, that's on me. That's Gotta on watch me. the like, tape. I get that. And he's saying that, but at the same time, he's, he's backing it up with like a backhanded comp or passive aggressive comment about like, the running back or the players of the front office and it's like dude just just take it in house you know stop throwing people under the bus that's i think that's the biggest most irritating thing yeah and he, he'll say like, like yeah we like to keep things in he's like he'll be like yeah we like to keep things in house but you know isaiah Crowell's is not really that good <laughs> well, i i saw one comment that was really telling to me and i think it was about the offensive coordinator and someone asked him about you know bringing in an offensive coordinator for 2018 and that he was going to do it chris mortensen i believe reported it and Hugh Jackson responded to that by saying, oh, I haven't put that out there. It's like, oh, so what have you put out there, Hugh? Because I'm pretty sure we could name, you know, a laundry list of things that you have put out there to create the, you know, Sashi Brown mess that <laughs> was, well, I think, a month ago at this point or close to it. Yeah, it was It was like, yeah, I can't even remember at this point. It all I just remember together. waking up and you calling me, you go, See, Sasha Brown got fired. I was like, what? <laughs> like, nah, man, I, I don't care. That's that, Honestly, those are the types of things where it's like, man, I just need a bit of a break from the Browns. It's, it's hey, we're starting this new plan. I don't like this plan. Well, you're an idiot. Plan fails a year later. Oh, get him out of here. <laughs> like, just the nonstop yeah. insanity. It, it, I think that's. I just need to step back a little bit because when you're so invested in it, that's when it gets frustrating. Because now I can. And just, then you like, realize you have no control. Yeah, yeah. I have, other than coming on here and just spewing our beliefs that no one is going to listen to, like you know, that could actually make a difference. Like I, I don't think John Dorsey's listening to this podcast and taking our advice. So like, I don't know. It's, it's really frustrating. Not. Yeah. Well, again, we we say it week in and week out. It's so frustrating to come on here and talk about the same things that are wrong with this team. Yet the coaches seem to have no, you know, adjustments to what I don't think they doing. know that they're 0 and 15. Yeah. I, I mean, you would think that they're a seven, Jeff Fisher, seven and nine team because they, they're just like, they keep trying to do the same things over and over and over and they haven't worked for 15 games. So, like, what are you trying to do to maximize your talent? Nothing. You're not, you're, you're just not even trying at this point. I think the saddest thing of all this losing, too, is. When I came on at Dog Pound Daily, it was the start of the 2015 season. First game I covered was that win over the Titans after Josh McCown died in New York. And 
So I started with a win, and I was like, you know, this is fun. You know, Johnny Manziel, since, so starting with that post, the Browns have won four games. I've written about four wins. None, the last time I wrote about a win was last Christmas Eve. And at that point, I didn't even care if they won. Now, it's like, it's just, it's just brutal. I, 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 like, we always talk, like, what would you do if you wrote about the Patriots? What's there to talk about? Like, football. You could talk about the stuff on the field. Well, they finally have the uh, the posts out about now how New England got a raw deal and only had to give up a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, well, why didn't the Patriots get more? Like, that's what they're they're asking. It's like, well, you could have called the Browns. You know, they had all those picks and need a quarterback. Yeah, people well, were saying it was all Sashi's fault. I'm like, it's. I'm sure he made an offer. No, I don't think he did at all because people are like, well, Bill would have never traded him to the to the to the Browns. It's like if they offered him the twelfth overall pick, I'm sure he would have thought about it. It's it's way. It's oh, I'm well, talking about now, not during the draft. Either way, I mean, if he would have called up Sa- Sashi Brown, could have offered him three second round picks, and that would have been worth Jimmy Garoppolo, because it's. I, I, I he's a stud out in San Francisco. <laughs> if you're if you're the Browns with all that draft capital, and you're the 49ers who have the same pick, just one spot behind. If you're the Patriots, why would you choose the 49ers over the Browns? I get that it's out of conference, but as soon as Tom Brady retires, Belichick's likely going with him, so he doesn't have to face the Rams. Plus, the Browns aren't a threat to the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, they would only face each other, really, in the playoffs, and it's not like – granted, he probably wouldn't want to face him because he knew he was good, but that's not – you don't look to the future like that. You know, or even so, if you think that, then charge an extra draft pick. Make it three second-round picks. You know, I, I just don't understand why the Browns wouldn't pony up or why New England wouldn't look to the Browns and say, or excuse me, why that would be a narrative that the Patriots wouldn't deal into the Browns when the Browns either didn't offer him all of that or should have. And it's Well, that's that, part that's of the problem, why, they're, why they can't win. Well, look, at the 49ers think they're going to the Super Bowl next year and probably are going to like make a splash next year because they're going to add talent. They're going to get some veterans because people want to go play for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. No one wants to come play for Deshaun Kaiser. Jimmy Garoppolo has given that team hope in an otherwise terrible season as they were starting C.J. Beathard for most of the season. Like, it, It's amazing. It's truly amazing what a franchise quarterback does to an organization. Yeah, but, but he, no. wouldn't have been, he wouldn't but, have been good here, Andrew, yeah, because... Yeah, he wouldn't have been good here. Oh, <laughs> the worst argument in sports. What's well, it's well, it's there's no offensive there's no weapons. Well, Kaiser's had Josh Gordon and Corey Coleman for three weeks now, and they've done nothing. So I I if you're t- if you're going to continue to tell me to build the team and that it's not the quarterback's fault, I'll just give me a call. And I'll scream at you. <laughs> no, it's insane. It's yeah, and then it'll be like, oh well, Gordon's not playing well. It's like, well, it's tough to catch touchdown passes when every ball's 20 yards over your head. Like, there was, was the one loafing. that was... Th- well, no shit, it was right to the... He threw a better yeah, ball to the... the interception that was right to the defender against the Bears. Yeah. It was against the Bears, right? Yeah, that was... It, yeah, last week. Completely it, He just kind of, like, looked up, and it was a perfect pass to the defender. It's like, what do you want Josh Gordon to do? Yeah, he's not he Superman. He's not going to dive <laughs> for, for no reason. Well, he should and it's, die at that no point, reason, you're like, it, even still, it wouldn't have been close. Like, it wasn't close yeah. enough for him to break it up or anything like that. I mean, I could have thrown a better ball than that. And it 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 still goes back to his decision making too. That have really not made any any improvement from week one till now. His best game was week one, and he has regressed mightily since then. Mightily. Maybe he'll get the magic back against the Steelers a second time around. 
Oh, talk about the bookends, man. They'll go out and throw for four touchdowns and like 350 yards and be like, we've got him. We've got him. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's, I want to ask a you simple, a question yeah, to yeah. wrap up the year so we don't get too bogged down on Kaiser. It's only, we're only about 17 minutes in. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like a fun question for the year oh. in general, not to wrap up the show. <laughs> gotcha. All right, to wrap up the show because I am sick and tired of you as a co-host. We'll be back next week with me and another co-host. No, I want to ask, like, this whole year, like, what was your favorite or a storyline that got you excited about the Browns or something that happened? Story was it the Brock deal? Well, the Brock deal was good because we want. I thought it was going to lead to trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why I liked it because I was – I thought they would have traded something to go get a quarterback with those picks, but it had not happened. So uh, I would have to say – I don't even want to say the draft because the draft was good, but they didn't take a quarterback until Kaiser. So maybe the 4-0, as bad as it says, the 4-0 preseason was fun because they It was actually, stress-free. Well, they won, and like you saw a glimpse of what Kaiser is like with terrible – a terrible defense out there but like that also gave us a taste of like what could be or like that's the reason why i wanted him to start so bad is because like man you know if we can get some of these guys to beat defenders you know if this guy can keep putting the ball on the money downfield like that's that's what we've been missing when we start cody kessler that's what we don't get when we start brock osweiler you know that that's what gives a, an organization hope and it, we didn't get it this year that so i would say the it would be the the hype for deshaun kaiser but then Ultimately, the, the perfect collapse. preseason. Yeah. Preseason world champs. You know, the 0 and 16 Lions also had an undefeated preseason, right? It's a curse. It's because their best players beat the third stringers, but then when it comes to the actual season, it's just no good. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, even the depth of the Browns, like, I bet it was a, the Browns would get up to early leads in those preseason games and then lose them towards the end because all their depth was gone after the first stringers versus all the second guys for every other team was pretty fantastic. So uh, maybe my prediction, actually, before I get into that, what is your highlight of the season? (laughs) Minicamp? No. um, I was really excited about the Brock trade. It wasn't my favorite thing. I was also excited about the potential of taking Mitch and that didn't happen. Um, I think mine, I, I guess the point where I had, the most excitement was back in like February when we started the podcast and just the like it's it's a yearly thing but it's man what if we get like a big free agent quarterback I was like thinking about the jerseys I'd buy <laughs> and it's just that hype and unfortunately like for your moment they're non-regular season win related it's just hype the preseason was fun but at the same time I was like really wary <laughs> about how they were looking, the fact Kaiser didn't start till week three. I'm like, oh, this, this is not good. But it was definitely the, it was me and you talking ourselves in the Kirk Cousin hype. <laughs> and then they go out, <laughs> they trade for Brock Osweiler. I was like, I don't know if Sashi Brown has seen him play. Well, it was the, the Garoppolo hype too. I'd say Garoppolo and Cousins, both a potential of them coming here and just not. Yeah. So. Well, I, I have to change mine a little bit because it, it extends from the preseason and then in through week one. I would say after week one, 
because after that we started looking at the other schedules and we're like we pittsburgh's gonna be like a super bowl team this year i picked the browns to win in week two yeah and we looked at the texans we looked at uh the Bengals. we looked at the colts without andrew luck i mean all those three and two start yeah, we're like, what could really happen in these games? Because Kaiser had just played serviceable. You know, there were if, if had it not been for that crazy miracle catch by Antonio Brown on the last drive, you know that or that gives the Browns a chance to come back and win that and almost win that game. So that, at that point, we were like, if we keep getting this kind of play all season, yeah, we're going to live with a couple turnovers like that one to T.J. Watt. But at the same time, you know, he's giving us a, he's keeping us in games. That's what that's what is exciting about a season. <clears throat> and we most certainly did not get that. Yeah, I remember we were talking like, you know, Steelers probably chalk it up as a loss, but after that, I mean, the Ravens are going to stink, and they're in the yeah. playoffs. And we're like, oh, the Colts, Jacoby Brissett, he stinks, runs all over the Browns. That was like the rare game. Well, I guess it was the both that and week four against the uh, Bengals. Defense just played like garbage. Yeah. Those are the worst games of the year, honestly. Oh, yeah, I mean, injuries will do that to you, and that's – that's where depth comes in. That's going to be a, a huge piece of free agency. I think they're going to be very active. Not, I wouldn't think not necessarily with the big time, maybe one guy like a corner or, you know, they need an elite cornerback, but they, they've got to do a, a good job of finding those middle depth guys, those rotation Just guys. Just like the like, Eagles do. Yeah. I mean, should like Chris long, I, he's a guy like that's not going to come to the Browns, but you've got to be able to find, guys that can play adequately and not be Carl Nassib when like a guy like Emmanuel Ogba goes out, you know, it's, you got to have veterans in there who know what they're doing in times of crisis, who can hold, hold it afloat when you're dealing with the injuries to Jamie Collins, to miles Garrett, when he's banged up, you know, things like that. And just veterans with experience. Cause I think sometimes in the argument it's lost. It's some people say, Oh, we just want veterans. And we go, all right, well we have some, but no, we need some that have been in the playoffs that have been in tough situations that don't lose every single game. And when the locker room, if people are down, can, like I think like a McCordy's like that. He's mm-hmm. like, guys, like, but you can't just have one person doing it. Well, you can only lead pre- pretty much on the field too. You know, no one's taking leadership from like a backup linebacker. You know, it, you, you have to be excelling on the field to really be hurt or to really have the impact that, <clears throat> that uplifts a team, you know, when you're trailing, by two minute by a touchdown with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it that those are the kind of players the Browns don't have, and that's the problem with the culture that your team cultivates when you go one and thirty one. So, I don't know if it's going to be bringing in. I, I think it starts with the quarterback. So you bring in a, a guy that's one at the quarterback position in the NFL. I think that's where it starts, and maybe guys that you currently have in the in the locker room may be able to feed off that. Shifting really quick, I want to uh, drop some breaking news that won't be breaking news when this episode goes up, but it helps our conversation here. Marcus Gilbert came out and said that the Steelers aren't going to play Roethlisberger or Le'Veon Bell against the Browns. So the spread should come down from 14, but I don't think it'll come down much. Damn, I need need to beat one person by more than 25 points this week in order to win my fantasy championship like the total points so that stinks because i have levy on but i guess that's good news for the browns how's josh dobbs you know what did he look like in the preseason is he still the backup or is landry jones the backup i think landry jones the backup but i wouldn't be surprised if they played josh dobbs well that'd be even better for the browns again i don't think they're going to win but 
is it just those two players? I would think probably most of the defense is still going to play. Well, I saw a report that said most of the, or at least all the offensive line is going to play because they want to work Gilbert back in the rotation too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it's and it, obviously Antonio Brown's out. But the Steelers backups, like they build a roster the right way. They're like, all right, if someone goes down, we can slot someone in. As opposed to the Browns, where it's so oh, this guy did good in the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be the true test. They really don't play those guys, and the Browns can't put up a competitive game. You know, last week was was miserable. The the Bears are not much farther off than the Browns, aside from having a quarterback who can complete passes and and put together a drive, which he did masterfully. Mind. Well, last week too, I think the the telling difference was the best, arguably the best play of the season being called back because Nassib lined up a foot off sides. Yeah, that and the the Higgins fumble into the end zone really just that was picturesque of of what this season has been. And I can't lie to you when he when he was making those moves, I I had a thought that I'm like he's gonna fumble like. When you're, it happens. You run around moves. too much. All the defenders swarm you. Yeah, and you just don't see a guy come out of nowhere. And I, I, I was hoping that it wasn't going to happen. Obviously, and sure enough, it did. Now that was at the point. Where I was like, all right, I might just, I might as well just turn this off. Like they're just not. And it stinks too because to you know he's like, they're just not going to do it. He's fighting for extra yards and a bad team and a bad season and stuff like that happens. It's like. I'm sorry, man, but that's just not that's just not going to well, cut yeah, it. It's the NFL. Like he goes from almost scoring a touchdown and trying to save his job because he's likely going to be off the team next year, maybe out of the NFL because he went unclaimed during the season. You know, it, it's one of those things where he's trying to save his career by making a play and doing a 98 percent good job of it, but then at the end you fumble and cost your team points and give the ball back, and that's like the cardinal sin that would, you know, seal your fate if you're a general manager. So just a, a rough break. And maybe, maybe a guy that's a veteran doesn't necessarily fumble that ball or try to stretch. Or he'll just go sometimes. down. Yeah. That you too. see veteran receivers catch the, catch the ball and just shoot to the ground. Yeah. Instead of fighting for take, two yards. Yeah. You don't need to take unnecessary hits, but I don't know who knows. Maybe the Browns will catch a break this week. I don't know who's going to cover Martavis Bryant. If, even if, regardless of who's playing quarterback so or juju smith schuster those guys i assume they'll play but i I don't know who's going to cover them not juju's gonna put up like 300 yards i think yeah i mean it's or i picked up vance mcdonald this week in fantasy because i know that the browns haven't guarded a tight end all year and i'm sure they're trying to get him ready for the playoffs so who knows what'll happen? I just, I just don't have confidence that the Browns, if if the Steelers' defense is is playing, like all their starters, they won't move the ball. That makes, yeah, that makes me even less confident that they're going to be able to move the ball because that secondary is pretty good, led by yours truly, Mister Hayden. Yours truly, yeah, or Andrew ours Seth. truly, yeah. I hope Joe Hayden gets a pick six. He flicks off. Deshaun Kaiser. Do you, well, I saw he's, he had a quote, or I think he tweeted, he said, Twitter's more fun ever since I've been playing for the Steelers. <laughs> I can imagine. Probably doesn't get death threats or whatever because he, you know, gave Got up Got burned pass. by Calvin yeah. Johnson. <laughs> uh, or Antonio Brown. Like, Antonio yeah. Brown always had Joe Hayden's number. and then But he always locked down A.J. Green. That's what I always loved about him because he there were time, there was like two seasons in a row where he was, he would lock A.J. Green down for like four catches for like, 30 yards or something like something super small like multiple games in a row like they sucked but though that's the kind of bright spot that makes you go okay maybe we have a player who's good on this team versus now 
I, I see, you know, Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey up there in tackles, but they're like, I don't think Joe Schobert is a player to build a defense around, to be honest with you. I don't. Because it, it, when you're making your tackles, he's got the Quell Jackson syndrome. When you're making your tackles 10 yards downfield, I don't, those aren't impact plays. Those are necess, necessary plays. Yeah, tackle totals, it's definitely a sometimes misleading stat. Yeah. Especially if it's just, it's not tackles for loss, it's just general tackle. And if you're diving on the pile at the end to pick up a half tackle. Yeah, well, and the middle the, linebacker is always going to have a lot of tackles. Yeah, look at – so I just compare him to Sean Lee because that's the middle linebacker that you want versus the middle linebacker that we have. And one, size difference, major size difference. Sean Lee is huge. Sean Lee is, is running to the ball and stopping the run behind the line of scrimmage. Joe Schobert is not being very aware of the fact that Joe Flacco – He's also is, being dropped back almost into a safety depth. Yeah, I wonder how Danny Shelton is, is doing in pass coverage too. I think that's a little confusing. Not sure why we're still doing that, Greg, but who knows? Come get some, man. I like when they drafted Jabril Peppers. There's a video of him seeing Greg Williams. He's like, Greg Williams, like, I told you I'd draft you ready to work. And Jabril Peppers was all excited. Like, I'm a first-round pick, and they play him 40 yards back. Well, now he, they've played him back there so long, he doesn't know. He doesn't remember how to play up front. He lines up off sides. Yeah, they brought Ooh, him up, and he was lined up off sides. <laughs> whatever. Maybe they'll win. Should we do a podcast if they win? I think that'll be the only stipulation. If they win a game, we'll have to do one. Well, no, I'm I'm officially retiring from Dog Pound Daily after the game. If oh, they win, hello. we can, you know, pop some champagne and tweet about it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, well, too. I've been at Dog Pound Daily for several years. I'm going to be done, done talking Browns for a bit, especially at Dog Pound Daily, but... Be talking yeah. Indians and other stuff. Got to focus on a good team. Yeah, I'm going to be gone from Dog Pound Daily as well. Uh, we may have another podcast coming, uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, you'll have to follow us on Twitter to find out about that. Or Ooh, a find, teaser. Or find a way to contact us personally. So don't stretch too far. Usually stick to Twitter. I wouldn't go scouring the interwebs for our phone numbers or anything like you that. You want to find some blog posts I wrote eight years ago. I just want to say really quick before you're ending Dilly Dilly, we've had a lot of fun. We're glad people were listening. We had some iTunes subscribers. I never thought that would happen. I never thought we'd be on iTunes. It turns out it's a rather easy process, but it's still still cool. So thanks for you know listening, reading the site for the past several years. Um, I will give a final Dilly Dilly as well. Um, and thank you for listening, and go Browns. With that being said, here's to the Dog Pound Daily podcast and hoping the Browns get a victory for the 2017 season. Dilly dilly.